You can't handle the truth. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> You're gonna need a bigger boat. Get away from her, you bitch! The first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. To infinity and beyond! Hello and welcome to episode 154 of the Samuel and Manuel Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Reimer. And I'm uh, Manny Manuel. The 93rd Academy Awards took place this past weekend, which can only mean one thing. It's time for the fourth annual uh, Sampas, which is, for those uh, unaware, the better movie award show. The, the one where the Oscars got it wrong. They can think what they want to think, right? The Academy's going to do what the Academy's going to do. Mm-hmm. But the Samuel and Manuel movie podcast is forever. And uh, we are going to prove to have the, the staying power and uh, and the, the opinions and the intellect um, that really speaks to the people and what the people want. So uh, uh, it's, it's only the fourth annual award show, Manny, but I think we've really got our finger to the pulse of the people and what they want. And uh, and here's to another successful ceremony. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I uh, I'm a big fan of these episodes, and these would be in my top three favorite types of episodes we do. I, I fucking love doing the sampas. Yeah, we've got a lot of episodes. We do. I, I still <laughs> I still think that my I think my number one is still when we do with the year in review. Mm-hmm. Those ones are fun. Year in review, fifty two in review. And then the Sampas. I think those would be my top three. Yeah, because those are sort of our bread and butter, right? Like we, yeah. when we first started talking movies before we even had a podcast, you and I, we just kind of went free flowing, ranking movies and just talking about whatever came to mind. This sort of fits in that yeah. topic a little bit more. Not, I mean, the in-depth reviews are fun and they have their place, but I think we we have a lot of fun doing these ones. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And, oh, I'm so angry <laughs> at myself right now. I So much so, I almost want to pause the show to go and do what I originally wanted to do. I, I, I was, Fuck! I'm mad. I'm mad! I mean, I'm not going anywhere. Like, if you need to pause the show, you need to pause the show. All right, ho- hold on. I'm going to pause I'm gonna pause the show. And we'll Unprecedented. Be, and, we'll be, Unprecedented. And, we'll be, and we'll be right back. Hold on. I always forget what button is pause. I always <laughs> stop it or pause it. So let's see if it's, let's see if it's this one. And we're back. I hope you all enjoyed that advertisement from Audible. <laughs> that's that's where we're putting that, right? That's where we're putting the sponsor. <laughs> that sponsor. That would be amazing <laughs> if we had a sponsor. I yeah, should, then we could I, actually make we could make money from this thing instead of uh, instead of spending money to make it. I should I should put in some music in there if I can remember. Yeah, like some hold music, a little like, bit of girl from Ipanema or something like that. Oh, I was go- <laughs> I was gonna go Jeopardy. But, uh, oh, Jeopardy's good. Jeopardy's good too. Jeopardy, good. Girl from Ipanema, well played. Well played. We, we could we could do either. Uh, for those uh, wondering what the hell just happened there, Manny, uh, before we started recording, forgot to put on his tuxedo T-shirt. Yes. I actually I'm in the middle of a move right now, and mine I think is in the process of getting donated to Goodwill right now. So I really wish I would have uh, would have <laughs> waited on that. So I was like, when the hell am I ever gonna wear a fucking tuxedo T-shirt ever again? <laughs> I am now gonna be wearing this every time for the samples. 
Damn it. I wonder if I still have it in a garbage bag somewhere. <laughs> I'll dig it out uh, Dig it out for a later episode, for, for the next one. Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, Manny, have we done social media yet? I have completely lost the thread of this thing. Sure haven't, so let me get on to it. People can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. They can follow us on Facebook at the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast. They can email us at sammanymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you give us a five-star rating, a positive review does increase the profile of our podcast. It allows more people to find us, which we would greatly appreciate. Speaking of which, if you're one of our listeners, if you're ever talking about podcasts or things you're listening to, why don't you let your friends know about us and so we can get some more people in on this gift we are giving. This gift we are giving. Perfect. Manny, as discussed, yes. we're talking about the Samuel and Manuel Movie Podcast Awards, the mm-hmm. Sampas. Yep. We're going through a bunch of different categories, some new, some old. Some will have uh, returning winners, some not. Yep. Um, we didn't really talk a lot about the layout before we get on. Um, uh, do you have any inkling of how we want to go about doing this? Well, the first thing we should do is we, wanted, we do want to recap the Oscars that happened. Oh, sure. Of course. Yes. Uh, so we'll, we'll just quickly touch on those. Uh, the... The Oscars, Sam didn't get a chance to watch them, but he knows all the winners. Uh, so I'll give my kind of quick thoughts on the show. From what from what I gather, I didn't really miss all that much, eh? Uh, depends. Now, I going into the show, I was worried because uh, watching the Golden Globes and like the Emmys, <clears throat> you're basically watching a Zoom meeting, and it was boring as fuck. And I heard that the Oscars were not going to allow Zoom acceptance speeches, that you had to be at the venue or at one of their international uh, satellite areas so the international nominees uh, could give a acceptance speech uh, over, uh, over live uh, at those venues. And the one of the other big changes they made to go with uh, safety protocols is there was no live music performances. They were done during the pre-show. They went over in detail how they were practicing uh, all the safety protocols. While the cameras are rolling, there was no masks, at least from most of the people presenting and talking. Uh, but the moment that the cameras were off, everyone would put their masks on much like they do on movie and TV sets right now while they're dealing with the pandemic. And while they were showing all the nominees in the crowd and such, you could see that everyone did have a mask like it was in their hands or on the table. It was a very relaxed setting. The red carpet was completely different and I fucking loved it. It was almost like this huge patio like there's all these chairs and all like like this lounge sets and people were just fucking hanging out. And you're you're a big red carpet guy. Like I, you're uh, you're you're a fan of the fashion of, I, the, of I, the Oscars, correct? I am a big. It's the only time I care about fashion is the mm-hmm. Oscars. The rest of the time I have no taste and no opinions about fashion. I could give a shit, but I I really do like Oscar fashion. I really love seeing the dresses that the women choose. I love seeing them dressed up elegantly and yeah it's the only time i care uh so while i missed the red carpet and seeing everybody's dress this was very the opening the pre-show was very low-key and it was quite enjoyable 
the interviews were done like there was a big space in between the person talking and the person they were talking to like they were well more than six feet apart so they were doing everything that they should now a lot of people may not know who knows but like the states is a lot more open than canada when it comes to covid restrictions yeah. I, I imagine that's both because they're a little bit ahead of us in terms of vaccine vaccine rollout, mm-hmm. and I think they are also a little bit ahead of us in stopping or or in no longer giving a fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> they were like, "Fuck it, we're just going to be open whenever we're open," and then they did it, and then they also got their vaccines rolled out a little bit quicker because I think their vaccines available to everyone over the age of sixteen as of right this second. Whereas Canada, we're lagging a bit behind. I, as a 24-year-old, uh, have yet to get the yet yet to get the go-ahead to go in and get my poke. Yeah. Uh, as of uh, I, April 27, 2021. I got mine. I'm 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 half vaxxed. Oh, you're half vaxxed, mm-hmm. and you're you're due for the second one. Sometime soon. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the second one. I've heard the second one kicks your ass pretty bad. How was the first one? My arm hurt. Uh, yeah. The the next day, that arm was almost useless. Do you know? Uh, do you know which one? Uh, which one it was that you got? Pretty sure it was Moderna. It was Moderna? Pretty sure. Not that I. Not that I know the difference. It's. It, I did not get the one that uh, people say have blood clot, blood clotting issues. That's not the one I got. Apparently that one. I. I am. I have not researched this even one bit. So take what I say with a grain of salt. But I've heard that's just like small number of cases. It's, Obviously, any number of cases is yeah. enough to get it shut down. Yeah, which it, is it's, completely reasonable. It's but, very very small. Very very small. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the safety protocols they did were, 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 were good. Yeah. Um, going into the show, I got super excited because they did this huge tracking shot following Regina King walking from outside all the way in and they had splashed around her all the people that were presenting. So they said starring Regina King, Don Cheadle, Brad Pitt, like all the presenters, it was really fun, and it had me, it got me amped, and I was like, "This is awesome." Regina King, by the way, looked fantastic. Yeah, I watched the, uh, I watched the opening, I watched the monologue. Yeah, uh, it was well done. I've, I really enjoyed the format. I loved how they set everything up, and for for this year, when you could try something different, when they can't do what they normally do. I absolutely loved it. I had a great time with the show. Would I want this every year? No. I want the large pageantry. I want the large stage. I want all of that. I want I want the live music performances there. I want a larger crowd. But for this, I had a really good time. Um the Okay. Let's. I'll just go like this. They made some choices that uh, backfired badly, in my opinion. Are you referring to the structure of doing the acting categories last? Yes, and best picture third not... from last, right or no? No, it was it was even earlier than that. Oh really? Yeah. I I assumed the only change was they bumped it back a few and did the actor ones last. No, they did it much sooner, and it was I was not happy. I was not happy. Yeah, that's so anticlimactic. 
It was. It was. And the whole uh, the big award of the night is best picture. Yes. And they gave best director out even earlier. That's so dumb. It was really fucked up. So wasn't a fan of that. Wasn't a fa- I my guess There's a lot of theory going on around why they finish with best actor. They a lot of people think that they were really banking on Chadwick Boseman winning so they could end the show on a really great tribute. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really make much sense to me because you're if, if what happens if he doesn't win, which is what happened. So you have no backup plan. So I think what they were thinking is if by keeping the stars of the show, the best actor and best actress for last, people are more interested in those categories than best picture. The general populace, not yeah, not not me, you and me, not you and I. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, and I I want to double check this. I don't know if you heard how many people watched this show. No. Uh, so you predicted, I think, something like 40% of uh, of last year's numbers. You you predicted a pretty big reduction in audience, correct? I, I, yeah. That's awesome that you remember because I mm-hmm. forgot what I said. So hold on. I'm going I think, to... I think you predicted under half, if I recall. I did? I'm I pretty, think so. I'm pretty sure that I did. And this is the numbers I have. The 92nd Academy Awards had 23.6 million viewers. All right. That's last year. Okay. So if I was to go less than half, so, so look- half for that would have been eleven point eight, I think. Yep. As of right now, the viewership's total sits at ten point four. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I if memories, I I don't remember exactly what you said, but I'm pretty sure you picked it around ten. I I I think that's a number I had in my mind, and I'm not surprised because I I. I'm going to bet that a lot of people were just thinking it was going to be like the other award shows. Mm. Plus it is it is almost May. So all the movies from last year are out of everybody's minds already. I mean, even in a good year, I feel like uh, very few people have seen a good number of the best picture nominees. And again, talking general, general population here. Correct. But we're over a quarter of the way through 2021 and we're celebrating movies in 2020. Like that's, yeah. <clears throat> I, that that's one of the reasons that this fell so bad. But uh, again, on the on, if they had done their original plan of being in late February, we would have seen a Zoom meeting, and I would much prefer this. So <clears throat> that uh, that was obviously a problem. The <clears throat> there's two other three three other things I hated. Um. The In Memoriam, which is morbidly one of my favorite moments of the show. As I've stated before, I think the Oscars should be all about celebrating film and the art of cinema. And the In Memoriam, in my opinion, is something that is very important. It is a chance for us to pay tribute to the artists and creators of this art form that we have lost. We should be able to take the time to say goodbye to have a moment, even just a small moment, <clears throat> with all the people. Uh, time since we had the last one. Not <clears throat> to mention, there's this pandemic going on. Yeah. So I think for every for everybody on everybody that gets shown, th- there should be at least I'd say three. You should have them on screen for three to five seconds, minimum. 
And for the bigger stars, maybe even a little bit longer, like maybe seven seconds, maybe seven to ten. Linger on them. Let people process who they're seeing and just have that moment of reflection. This was like the worst edited slideshow I've ever seen. You had one, maybe two seconds per person. You would read the name, see the face, try to remember it, and then you're already on to the next. Plus their choice of song, which I don't know off the top of my head, a little too upbeat. This shouldn't be a complete downer, but it should represent the moment that you're having. And it was just, it was so poorly done. This is the, this is the moment of the show where I'm usually at sometimes my most emotional as I, and I knew that I was going into it. I was getting prepared to see Chadwick again. And I'm like, okay, this is going to devastate me. And Sam, it didn't not even Mm. close. Cause I, I just kept trying to remember who did I just see? And then I was trying to remember what did they do? Um, it was just so it was it was very poorly done. Uh, the song, according to Google, uh, Stevie Wonder's "As," A S mm. As. Okay. Uh, it just it didn't work for me. They had this little trivia section near the end of the show as well, and it was three questions, and uh, it went over like a ton of bricks. It didn't go well. Um, I don't know who – I didn't recognize the first person because they, they got uh, – it was Lil Ray Howley uh, as kind of the host of it from Get Out. <clears throat> yeah. he, and, oh, he what else was he in this year? He was just in – oh, no, he was in that terrible movie that I just watched that I can't remember the name of. That, uh, it was a 2021 release. That Car Trip or Bad Trip or – Bad Trip, that's what it was. Okay. Fucking awful. <laughs> anyway, yeah, from Get Out. I okay. choose to remember him from that. Yeah. He <clears throat> would go up to people in the crowd and ask them. He he got he got he got them to. They played a music, uh, a music cue, and you had to guess: was this an Oscar winner, an Oscar nominee, or did it not even get nominated? <clears throat> so the first song they played was "Purple Rain" by Prince. Whoever the girl was that he asked, she flat out says, "And I get it." By the way, she is an African-American. I get it. Oscar's so white. Totally fine. But she was really fucking rude about it. She she said something along the lines like, oh, well, this is Prince, so there's there's no way that he got nominated. And I was like, actually, he did. The score Mm -hmm. got nominated. The song that they're playing didn't. But she was really rude, and she, like, hit... Intimated at the at the at the way she talked, she was like completely dismissing the Oscars. And I'm thinking, then why the fuck are you there? Yeah. <laughs> if you have such low esteem for the Academy Awards, why the fuck are you there? Hmm. So that that irked me a little bit. But Lil Ray didn't. She was so kind of angry and upset and aggro about it. He didn't know what to do. And they just asked some, just somebody random from the crowd. It wasn't it wasn't like random. I'm pretty mm. sure they might have probably pre-selected because the next person they asked was Daniel Kaluuya. Mm. And I can't remember. It was some disco song, and it was uh, an Oscar winner. He got that wrong. And then the last one they asked was Glenn Close. 
And we had a chat group going while we were watching the Oscars. It was me, Jordan, Rachel, Wes, just the four of us. Yes. No Adam, no Charge, no you. Mm-hmm. And no T-Bone. Yes. Okay. So it was just the four of us. And they loved this bit with Glenn Close because she apparently knew it was like a rap song or something like that. She apparently, was, I think it's called, the song's called Debut. Debut by EU Close. Yeah. Is what I'm seeing. Uh, apparently she knew the artist. She knew everything about it. And I'm like, I'm not buying it that she does. She seemed to know too much off, like off the top of her head. Oh yeah. So to me it, so ca- it seemed it seemed planned. It to me it seemed planned like it was a bit like she she knew everything about it. And then she did like a little she she got up and did a little dancing with a I I think a little bit of twerking. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. De- she had Debut by EU and then Kaluya had uh the Donna Summer hit uh Last Dance which mm-hmm. appeared in Thank God It's Friday. Mhm which won Best Original Song in 1979. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be it. So that whole thing, did, it, didn't, it just didn't go over well with me. I, I, was, I wasn't a fan. Hmm. And then the last 30 minutes was basically Best Asterisk, Best Actor, Best Picture. And it flew by. Like, there was no stopping. And next thing we know, it's over. Oh wait, did I say best picture at the end? That's that's wrong. Um, it's just it it. The, I think they I think it honestly went in memoriam, best actress, best actor, and we're out. Weird. And like Joaquin Phoenix came out to present best actor, and he comes out and he's talking about um, you know we we come out here and. And an actor is supposed to talk about how he gets into a role and he's supposed to feel – he has this nice little speech. And he goes, but I don't know anything about that because that's not how I feel. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, it, it, was, so, it was so bad, Sam. It was really fucking bad. And then – so we're all – well, I was hoping for a Chadwick Boseman win. But he loses to Hopkins, who obviously isn't there. Because he's from the UK. Plus, he's 81 years old. So he's not at the remote location because he should be staying as far away from as many people as he possibly can. So Joaquin's like, on behalf of Anthony Hopkins, I I will accept the award on his behalf. The Academy thanks him. And we're out. That's the show. No acceptance speech from Hopkins because he's no. And they wouldn't. Like I said, they weren't going to do Zoom acceptance speeches, which I'm fine with. But. That's how the show ended. It was That's so fucking weird. It was fucking weird. So weird. And Frances McDormand won. Her speech was about 25 seconds. Like Despite was, them all being encouraged, I think, to stretch out the speeches this year, right? Yeah, there was no nobody got played off. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Like they let people go. And I, I like as you're listening to these other speeches, you're like, wow, they seem to be going long and never got played off the the shitty part was is that when you you know you always have the two winners and the first person to go doesn't quite hurry and you're like that other person's not going to get a chance to talk yeah <laughs> and tonight was the same like there was one speech 
where the two winners, one was in France, one was in UK. So they're in different cities on different remote locations. And the guy in France went so long, the other guy didn't get a fucking chance to say a word. So he's just standing there with his tux on screen, like by himself. That's fucking terrible. Yeah, it was. There was some. There were some pretty awkward moments. <clears throat> yeah, everything I've heard about the ceremony just—it it sounds like there was some experimentation that went on. It yep. sounds like that there were some new ideas that were thrown around, and it sounds like, e- even though I will never criticize them for just trying new things, it sounds like a, a lot of a lot of these ideas were sort of misses. Is that is that accurate? Um. Yes. Yes. Oh. Ideas like mixing around the categories or changing up the in memoriam or doing the musical numbers. A lot of these changes, by the way, coming from places of of caution, yes. which is totally well deserved, but being unfortunate changes nonetheless. Yeah, I, I, it makes zero sense to me to not end with best picture. This is why we're here. Yes. So I, I this is I, why you and I are here. Yeah. Anyway. Completely disagree with that. Whatever, it's fine. Um, but the other thing they didn't have. And it's one of my favorite moments, and it's again, it's one of the parts that I get the most involved. There was zero montages celebrating film. Mm. There was no, there's no like bits or skits where they talk to actors and directors and new directors and new actors about what makes them love movies. What was the first movie they went to at the theater? And then you have all these clips of all these incredible films, like these. You you are a filmmaking art. And you should be able to make a short film, two minutes long, celebrating your art form. And there was there was none of that. There was not one moment where they celebrated film. And those are parts of the show that I fucking adore. And there was none. And I completely applaud Steven Soderbergh, uh, Stacey Shear, and Jesse Collins, I think, is the other producer. I love the experimentations they took. If you're going to try something new, this was the year to do it. And I don't know. I, I, I really liked what they were trying to do. And I, I definitely applaud their efforts. Um, but they, they had some misses and, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's my show recap. Um, Anything you want to touch on? Then we'll quickly go over the winners and losers. No, I I mean, like I said, I didn't watch the ceremony. And honestly, I'm glad now that I didn't. And it looks like it wasn't that much shorter than last year. It looks like we're coming in at three hours, 19 minutes, according to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. for this one, as opposed to three hours, 36. So really, really not a lot shorter, but <laughs> um, quite a lot more painful at times, it seems like. So it wasn't- yeah, I have... It wasn't. It wasn't painful. It wasn't painful mm. at all. It was just confusing as to why they did things this way. Don't get me wrong, I'm a fucking fanboy for this. So even though with all my complaints, I had a great time, and live chatting with Rachel Jordan and Wes, just it was so much fun. I had yeah. a great time. I am. <clears throat> I am upset that I wasn't able to to join in on that, and I wasn't able to watch this year because yeah, uh, poor time. I, I I was very much uh, a fan of that idea when it was come when it was. Uh, birthed on this podcast yeah it was it was a lot of fun and i i'm really looking forward to doing that again next year um let's get into the winners uh of the of the big six and maybe i'll quickly talk about maybe some of the other categories so we'll start off with best picture nomad oh before we get in uh i had the worst predictions i've ever had ever really yeah wow but 
I'm I'm not making excuses. But but, but <laughs> I I fully I fully accept my worst score I've ever had in predicting the Oscars. But I also didn't do any pre-research like that I normally do, like zero. Like when the show started, I realized I hadn't even filled out my ballot yet. Oh wow! Because I was so busy, so I was quickly. I I was almost doing them. I had to do some of them as they were being presented. Well, well, let me see. You probably had uh, like if we're just going big six. I have to imagine you had Nomadland, Nomadland for picture. Okay. Yeah, I got um, I got that right. I think you probably had uh, Chloe Zhao for director as well. Easy peasy. No? Yeah, slam dunk. You did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the first one you probably got wrong was Chadwick. Uh, you you absolutely had him instead of Anthony Hopkins, right? Correct. Uh, and then best actress, I feel like you. I feel like Frances McDormand was was the the talk of the town going in, wasn't she? She was, but I didn't pick her. Oh yeah, who'd you have? I had Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, reasonable, reasonable pick. Yeah. Uh, let's see. For supporting actor, you had uh, you had Daniel Kaluuya. Oh. oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had I had him picked before I watched Judas and the Black Messiah, and then after watching Judas and the Black Messiah, circle in pen. Yeah, and 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 highlighted. <laughs> yeah, and highlighted, laminated. Yes. <laughs> um, supporting actress, I I know that you would be partial to Amanda Seyfried. Uh, as Marion Davies and Mank, but I don't know if you would have actually chosen her. I didn't. I decided to go with an even more outside the pick. I went with Maria Bakalova from... Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! I respect the balls on that pick. Didn't happen, but I respect the move. Yeah. The rest, I'm not going to go through all of them, but that's... uh, Sounds like you did okay in the uh, the main six. Yeah, the main six. I went 12 for 23. Wow. Yeah. And out 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 of the ones that... You know, like the ones I don't care about, like document, like I don't really care about documentary because I rarely ever, if I'm lucky, I've seen one of the nominees. This year I saw none. Mm. Documentary short, live action short, and animated short. If I get those wrong, if I get those right, it's because I guessed right. Or when I was doing my research, I heard that there was a favorite. So if I get those wrong, I don't ever feel bad. So if I get them right, I'm like, okay, I I had a 20% chance of getting it right. Uh, the ones that hurt me that, uh, I can't, I was actually shocked that the father didn't win best film editing. Uh, it went to sound of music. You oh, watched... sound of metal. So, oh, sorry. Sound of metal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> sound of music. I was like, we're a few decades out there, Manny. Uh, that surprised me because I think one of the reasons that the father was so good was because of the editing. And yeah. of course, Olivia Coleman and Anthony Hopkins' performance, but the editing of that movie is what elevated it up in my mind. So yeah, uh, you know this, you know this already. But yes. we're a few days out from the Oscars, and I watched The Father for the first time today. Mm-hmm. And all I had heard from you and Jordan was the editing is so good, the editing is so good, the editing is so good. And I'm like, well, it didn't win. How good can it be? No, it, it's it's really good. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's excellent. I don't hate the win for the sound of, for for Sound of Metal, um, but yeah, the one of the things that the father does so well is get you in the headspace of Anthony Hopkins character. It confuses you with mm-hmm. the editing. Uh, there's, uh, there's actors being changed at different times. There's plot points and information that's being revealed and then revealed to not be true. And it's just very confusing, mostly because of the way it's edited. So yeah, I've, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, 
So I'll, we'll quickly just recap or, or go over. Uh, so I'll start with Best Supporting Actress. Yoon Yeok Jung won for Minari. I like the win. I, I wasn't upset over it. Uh, my heart was pulling for Amanda Seyfried for Mank. Uh, and like I said, I picked Maria Bakalova. Uh, but uh, Yoon was absolutely amazing in Minari and well worthy of that win. Yeah, Minari was one of the two Best Picture nominees that I did not see. Mm-hmm. So... Uh... So I don't have an opinion on that. But um, of the ones that I saw, I think uh, Olivia Coleman I, I really liked today when I watched uh, The Father. Yeah, she's really good. Uh, best Supporting Actor, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. That is a slam dunk win. That... Yeah, I have, haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah. That's the other one that I haven't seen. And uh, yeah, all, all the I know all the, uh, the, the press, I guess, the hype has been going to Daniel Kaluuya. And rightfully so. We're we're big fans of his on this show, obviously. Big fans of his. We loved him as uh, Jatem Manning in Widows. Yep. Uh, and of course, is I actually is his character's name Chris in Get Out? Chris I, something or other? I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. And uh, those those two roles, as well as I mean, I just actually rewatched Black Panther not too long ago. Nice. Uh, just just killer role after killer role. My favorite of his so far is Jatem Manning in Widows, but I think that might change when I see Judas and the Black Messiah. This is my favorite performance. He's yeah. un he's magnetic in this. Yeah. So I'm ecstatic for this win. One of the one of the finest young actors in the industry. I don't think that's controversial to say at all. Not even controversial. Uh best actress goes to Frances McDormand for Nomadland. Snooze of a prediction. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh I hadn't seen Andre Day for the United States versus Billy Holiday. In all honesty, if Viola Davis Vanessa Kirby or Carrie Mulligan had won, I would have actually been happier. Mm. Um, I think it's just because I was so completely underwhelmed with Nomadland that uh, I understand her win, but honestly, like, I don't know. I, I really do think that the other three, Davis, Kirby, and Mulligan, were better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't see uh, Ma Rainey's, but... Uh... Yeah, I wouldn't have been mad with Vanessa Kirby or Carrie Mulligan either. Mm-hmm. Uh, best actor. This is this is one of the years where I was I would have been fine with pretty much anybody winning. <clears throat> I yeah, pa- this actually, is a very strong category this year. Yeah, I actually out of the five, as much as it pains me to say, I probably would have been the most disappointed with Gary Oldman win. Yeah, I do love his too. I do love his performance in Mank, but uh, Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Stephen Yun, and Anthony Hopkins in the fa- and, and Stephen and Anthony Hopkins who wins for the father were all just fucking astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, you've only seen what? You would have se- oh you've seen three of them? Yeah, three of them. You've seen Hopkins, Ahmed, uh, uh, Hopkins, Ahmed, and Oldman. Yes, correct. Yeah, um, and honestly, I, I think of those three, I'm I'm fine ditching Oldman. It's close between Hopkins and, and Ahmed. It's very close. I know you really liked Riz Ahmed. I we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and then uh, for best director, I was a big fan of all five of these nominees, uh, with Chloe Zhao winning for Nomadland, Thomas Vinterberg for another round, which you haven't seen yet, still, right? No, we still haven't. It's okay. still, even though this Oscar year is now officially done, I'm still going to make a point of watching it in the near future, though. Good. Perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I loved Fincher for Mank, uh, Lee Isaac Chun for Minari, and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. I love 
all of these nominees and I would have been I as much as it pains me to say but you're not th- uh, I'm not about to say what you think I would have been disappointed with a Vinterberg win mm. everybody else would have been awesome I would have yeah. actually I would have been really stoked for an emerald finale win yeah. I won't lie not even necessarily like it would have been well deserved but I don't think our excitement over that wouldn't even necessarily be because she was the best. Like that's debatable. Yeah. I think it would just be because she was the writer. She was the director. She's a first timer. She's a woman and just like all, all these different factors. And she made a super original, super, uh, super interesting movie. Not, not even necessarily the best, just a super original, super fun. A movie that I'm probably going to keep in my life. Yeah, I think that one and one other one, which we won't be talking about till much later, are are two that are probably going to have the most staying power of uh, of the. And I'm not even just talking Oscar noms here. I'm just talking about of movies that came out this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Best Picture, we have Nomadland winning, and then The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Travel of Chicago Seven, all really solid films. I was happy with all of them being there. I won't lie. Uh, we're not doing a, what we've been watching, obviously, in this episode. My expectations for the going into The Father were actually pretty low. And then after watching it, I was like... Because I, I honestly just thought, I'm like, it's just going to be about a man losing his mind. I was like, I don't understand. I, honestly, I was going into it, I'm like, I don't see how this could be nominated for Best Picture. It's going to be a boring... It's, it's going to be a journey of a, a man's descent into madness... I'm like, I've seen this a million times. Mm. Yeah, I was wrong. No, the uh, the structure of the movie is the star. I mean, Anthony Hopkins also just gives an exceptional performance, but what makes The Father worth watching is the structure of it mm-hmm. and the original ways that they put you inside this man's head. Yeah, yeah. So I like I like all these nominees. It was, uh, it was a, a solid year of movies. Um... Mm. I think that's really it that I need to talk about for the Oscars. Yeah. No other, uh, no other smaller categories. You have any thoughts on? Oh, um, I was surprised for the father to win best adapted screenplay, but upon looking at the other nominees, I don't really know who did I, I think I got that wrong. Oh, cause I predicted Nomadland cause I thought they would win, but I don't know. Uh, eh. Uh, so so is Borat under screenplay because it's a sequel uh, under adapted screenplay excuse me because it's a sequel no it's while while the dialogue obviously is improvised there from my understanding there is a story structure to it yeah I, I'm just asking why it's under adapted instead of original is that just because it's a oh yes sequel? because because it's a sequel yes okay I didn't realize that was one of the qualifiers yeah, because it's adapted off of a previous film I understand okay yep um, animated feature was a was the easiest pick. Slam of the- dunk! I would have bet my life on that one. Yep. Uh, other than I that, am, I'm over the moon. Uh, best original score. There's a few that could have won. I would have been happy with a Mank win. Yes. Uh, I would have been would have been happy with e- either of the movies that Reznor and Ross did. But fuck, uh, Soul. Uh, the score to that movie fucking got me. It's it so got good. me so good. Yeah. That's that's gonna be one that I re-listen. That, that I that I revisit often that movie and that score that 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 Oscar win so Reznor Ross and Batiste go up and mm-hmm. Batiste talks the whole time 
<laughs> Ross and Ross and Reznor didn't even get a chance to get to the mic. Batiste bogarted the shit out of that microphone. But awesome. then, but then I think I said something afterwards. I, I'm like, I'm like, oh, the the two white guys don't get to talk at all. And I was like, well, they already got their Oscar for the Social Network. What more do they have to say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're doing okay. Uh, yeah, uh, best original song was a bit of a shocker for me. I thought it was going to be an easy win um, for "Speak Now" by Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, an absolutely beautiful song, but uh, it did lose to "Fight for You" um, from Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, best sound, I think we all had "Sound of Metal" winning that no contest. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, best production design, I was happy to see Mank get it. I was pulling for Mank throughout the whole evening. Uh, best cinematography went to Mank. That did not surprise me at all. That movie nope. was fucking beautiful. I, I thought, think Nomad Nomadland could have also contended for that. Definitely could have. Uh, I I would have honestly been not upset, but I would have been like, mm, I, I, I the cinematography in Mank was one of the highlights of the movie for me. Uh, mm. Not that the other ones weren't. Uh, and then yeah, we have uh, makeup and hairstyling goes to Ma Rainey's. I thought it was going to go to Mank. I got that one wrong. Same with Best Costume Design. Went to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I thought it was going to Mank. Uh, film Editing to Sound of Metal. I thought it should go to The Father. And then Best Visual Effects was easy because it was the only big budget. It was the, only, it was the, the only, only movie that looked good. Yeah, it was the only thing that looked good was Tenet. Uh, obviously, Tenet didn't get uh, a nomination in sound, so that makes sense. <laughs> Shockingly. Yeah. Uh, so we zipped through the Oscars. I didn't even think we were going to talk about all the other awards, but whatever. Uh, yeah, we we got done. That was the 93rd Oscars. Yeah, now time to get to the real stuff. Black yeah, let, let's get to the real stuff. So mm. here we go. You asked uh, how we're going to do the format for yes. the Sampas. Uh, we are celebrating the year 2020, so that means I will be going first. That makes sense. Yes. Even year. All right. Uh, by yeah. the way, uh, before we get right into this, I, I don't know if you have this number in front of you. I watched 23 movies that I have eligible for. Oh, if you, I'm if, sure. if you want to I'm, vamp for a second, I'll quickly grab that number. Yeah, the only other thing that I want to talk about is normally we also set over-unders on certain things if we just want to have a little bit of fun with it. I, I want to set an over-under for you. Um, four and a half shared winners this year. Often our beliefs do tend to align and we tend to agree on a lot. I think we'll have some differences this year. I'm setting the over-under for shared winners at four and a half. What are you taking, over or under? Hold on. <laughs> You getting your number real quick for me? Um, four and a half. How many? Four and a half shared. We have twelve categories. Twelve categories. Okay, so you're saying the four and a half shared winners. Let me quickly mm -hmm. zip through here. Okay. Um, I know. I know. I gave you two tasks at once there. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> but we'll. Uh, we'll oh, I'm taking. Way. I'm taking the under. Taking the under. Oh yeah, yeah. Taking okay. the under for sure. Okay, let me do this. Uh, over under on shared winners you have it at four and a half yeah four and a half manny takes the under yeah probably a smart move under okay and i'll just sit down i'll do it after okay uh i'm sorry you said you saw 17 films i saw 23 23 uh i've got 52 yeah that sounds about right Right. More than double. Yeah. Yeah. So we definitely will not have a lot of the same winners then. Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't. I honestly didn't realize you'd seen that many movies. I would have said it at three and a half if I knew that. <laughs> if you said it at three and a half, I'll still take the under. I thought you might. 
Okay. So uh, so good. Okay. So where I'll, do we go from I'll, here? I'm going to drop it to three and a half for you. Okay, sure. Three okay. and a half. I love that. Okay. Three and a half. I'll still take the under. All right. So the first category we have for the fourth annual Sampas is biggest disappointment. Uh, there are no nominees in uh, in this category for us. It's one of the few categories where we're not going to nominate anything. Uh, I had uh, I I did have three films I was considering for this, and so my winner for biggest disappointment is I'm thinking of ending things. Oh yeah. I had. Uh, oh man. I had big. I had uh, not big. I, no, I had pretty big expectations. I'm a big Charlie Kaufman fan. I didn't realize this was based off of a book, but I was looking forward to something along the lines of being John Malkovich or Adaptation or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I was sitting there watching this movie, uh, really deciding if I should continue watching or stab myself with a fork. And <laughs> it, was, uh, it was not fun. It was a very think- unenjoyable watch for me. I haven't seen it yet, but I think you're the only person I've talked to that didn't like the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I know uh, and trust their opinions on movies uh, like this one. That's great. I'm glad that they <laughs> were able to watch this and enjoy it. I will never watch this again. Okay. Uh, for my biggest disappointment, Manny, uh, I'm, I'm really sorry to do this to you, but I only saw 23 movies this year and one of them had to win. It's Mank. You motherfucker. Yeah, uh, I almost, I don't know if you saw it in my face, I almost changed it last minute because I realized that I hadn't considered Onward. Uh, but when I think back to it, my expectations for Onward really weren't all that high. And I was even a little bit surprised by how much I liked the ending. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Mank. And that is not a testament to the movie being bad. It's more so a fact that it's a Fincher movie about the making of the greatest movie of all time, Citizen Kane. So uh, my expectations were very high. You have Gary Oldman, uh one of the greatest living actors in the in the lead role. You have, uh, you have, I mean, all these names attached, all this technical prowess, all this hype behind it, and a meta score in the '90s. And I, I went in with, I, I, you know, I try to go in blind whenever I can, or mm-hmm. as blind as I possibly can. But the uh, the hype seeped in, and I, I wound up being a little bit let down. So, uh, so Mank is my my winner for biggest disappointment this year. Wow, that that really actually did hurt my feelings. Yeah, I know it did. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I wouldn't want to say a bad word about David Fincher around you, but uh, yeah, it just uh, it just didn't uh, didn't tickle me as much as it did you. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let that soak in. Yeah. Are you glad we started with that one? I I gotta have a sip of coke here. <laughs> I just hope you don't hang up on me. Hope All right, here we go. Let's move on to the next category before I start to cry. Okay, sure. Next up, we have Best Comedy Scene. Now, this is a departure from what we did in the previous Sampas, so we actually should have mentioned this top of the show. Before we always did, we actually used to do just Best Action Scene, and then we picked it, then we changed it to Best Scene. What we're going to do now is we're going to drop this down into four different categories. We're going to do a Best Comedy Scene, a Best Action Scene, and a Best Dramatic Scene. And at the end of the show, we're going to reveal our Best Scene of the Year. So... The first up that we have is Best Comedy Scene. I have five nominees. I have Minnow Training Joel in Love and Monsters. Nice. Okay. Yep. Cool. That's, I ha- a, that's, a, that, that's a surprise nom right there. I'm not yeah, going to lie to you. It made me laugh. I really liked Minnow and Clyde, and I loved cool. Minnow Training Joel in Love and Monsters. 
Decent. I have Niles dancing up to Sarah in Palm Springs. <sighs> Which, but can we just mention this right now off the yeah. top? Manny and I, without <laughs> coordinating it, both watched Palm Springs last night. <laughs> we did not coordinate. We did not message about it. We did not see it on each other's uh, social media. We just both watched Palm Springs last night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my <clears throat> my next nominee is Niles and Sarah enjoying their time loop fun montage. Yeah. Palm, Palm Springs. Yeah. Uh, the next nominee is from a non-comedy movie, but it was a comedy moment, and that's the Stars Are Blind song montage in Promising Young Woman. Mm, nice. Bo, Bo, Bur- Burnham. Bo Burnham singing Stars Are Blind had me my in... My boy, Bo Burnham. Had me in stitches. Yeah. <clears throat> and my last nominee for Best Comedy Scene are 22's Failures with Previous Mentors, Soul. Cool. Those are good picks. Thank you. Um, I uh, I have five nominees as well. I have two from Palm Springs. So uh, one of them is Roy pulling over Niles and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of them is, I guess, what I would consider the climax of the movie, the you get one sentence sort of monologue oh, from, nice. from Andy Samberg. That, that, I almost put that in dramatic, but it, it, it makes me laugh more than it makes me go, aw. Nice. So, <laughs> ampersand. So, yeah, ampersand. <laughs> it's a grammatical nightmare. Um, so we get uh, in Soul, 22 introduction at the U se- seminar. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the movie Straight Up, the white elephant in the room, that whole uh, conversation that they have. Oh, that's uh, a good pick. Yeah, and again, serious movie, funny moment, uh, the two Hoffmans in the courtroom in Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Manny, what's your winner? My winner is uh, Niles and Sarah having fun with the time loop montage in Palm Springs. That's a good pick. I, honestly, when you said that one, I almost put that one in too. With the moment where she has the, the hook hand. Yes. <laughs> ah, foiled again. <laughs> I can uh, tell by your accent you are from Parts Unknown. <laughs> yeah, it's a hilarious moment. I too chose Palm Springs, but I get the you get one sentence. That whole that whole sequence. Nice. <laughs> the grammatical nightmare. Perfect. All right. Next up, we have Guilty Pleasure of the Year. No nominations allowed, just a pure winner. Uh, by the way, Manny, before we go any further, uh, I do have last year's winners written down. We do sort of do – it's become some of, something of a tradition to have last year's nominees introduce oh, the new sure. ones. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'll just briefly recap. Uh, I guess we only had Biggest Disappointment. Uh, you had Hustlers last year. I had Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. last year. Uh, best comedy scenes in a new category, so there was nothing. So this year, Guilty Pleasure, you had Six Underground last year. I did. Year. I did. I, I had the terrible movie Between Two Ferns. Ridiculous. Guilty Pleasure, man. It's the name of the category. <laughs> <sighs> All right. My Guilty Pleasure of the year is the – for the sec. oh, no – for the third year in a row, Netflix wins a Netflix original, the Chris Hemsworth action film Extraction. Nice. That is my guilty pleasure of the year. It is. What was the one? The what was the one the previous year? You said third year in a row. Yeah, set it up. The romantic comedy. Oh, nice. I okay. Fucking love that movie. Uh, uh, I also for the second year in a row, I think have a Netflix original. Uh, I think this is a Netflix original. Maybe it's not. Anyway, I chose Straight Up as mine. 
the one that I referred to uh, just a while ago. We we kind of set this loose rule for like uh, for like meta scores, what would qualify as a guilty pleasure. So it is a little higher rated than I would like out of a guilty pleasure. But at the end of the day, the other ones that are also lowly rated. I didn't like nearly as much as Straight Up. Straight Up was a blast, so I'm gonna go with that. Totally fine. Straight Up was really good. Yeah, it was a lot. It was certainly one of the most surprising movies of the year for me. I agree. I agree. All right, our next category is worst film of the year. My last year's winner was and is qualifying for my all-time most hated movies. Nice. Yeah. What men want. I still hate T Bone and Mushhead for suggesting that I watch this movie. I'm pretty happy because I'm looking at last year's worst film winner for me and this year's, and between the two of them, neither are really that bad. And all that tells me is that I'm quite stingy with my watches and I, I'm using my time wisely in the theater. Last year I chose Zombieland Double Tap, which is not even a movie I dislike. It's just the worst movie I saw last year. Well, I'm going to quickly go. So I saw 52 movies. Mm. One, two, three, four, And only eight got failing grades. So that's not bad. Yep. 16, I think 16%. I think I mentioned to you, I, I don't think I gave out a two this year. I don't think I gave out a one or a two this year. I, I didn't give out a one. Yeah. But, and uh, uh, oh. this is one that I thought we would have overlap, but I, f- I forgot that you watched over 50 movies this year. Because mm. I remember the one that uh, I chose for my worst is one that you also didn't like, uh, but you probably watched a number of worst ones. So, w- what was your least favorite movie of the year? Uh, the Wrong Missy. I don't know anything about that. It is a David Spade film. Oh, well, that's all you had to say. I won't lie. I got sucked in by the trailer because it it's a Netflix film. Mm. So it was like one of those ones that automatically plays when I load up Netflix. Hate those. And yeah, and I was like, okay, I'm like, well, this uh, in my mind I was like this could be either a lot of fun. The trailer makes it me makes me think it could be fun or it's going to be a complete disaster. And Sam was a complete disaster. It mm. was a tough sit through. Uh the wrong Missy. So you thought this is going to be somewhere where we had an overlap, so can I guess what I think yours is? Yeah, yeah. Is yours King of Staten Island? It is. Yeah, it is the King of Staten Island. Again, not a movie I even particularly disliked. I gave it a three. It, it has its place, in my opinion. It's a, a Judd Apatow movie featuring uh, Pete Davidson, and it's got a lot of heart. It actually, The relationship between him and uh, Bill Burr's character I found to be really touching at a lot of times, but that's basically where the appeal of the movies uh stopped mm-hmm. uh, the rest of it a lot of even though i like judd apatow movies generally uh the comedy just was uh, was not there for me in this one didn't find it particularly funny yeah i wasn't a big fan of this movie this was one of the other movies that got a two for me this was in the contention mm-hmm. for for worst movie of the year but this mm-hmm. king of staten island is head and shoulders above the wrong missy did the wrong missy get a one it got a two there got was two? there was the only reason it didn't get a one is there were I would not be able to tell you what they are off the top of my head, but I know for a fact that I laughed a couple times. Mm. And so if you if you get a reaction out of me in the genre that you're trying to get a reaction out of me, uh, I I will it could possibly save you from a one star rating. It's a low bar. It's I'm, a low bar. <laughs> I I don't like to give out ones. Me neither. A, a one star means that I will do whatever it takes to never watch that movie again. <laughs> Whereas, like, a two-star, like, 
I could probably be convinced to watch The King of Staten Island again. I could. Yeah. I, there could be a day where I'll be like, ah, maybe I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But uh, a one star, not not a fucking chance. And sadly, I own a one star movie. What do you own? Uh, the Postman, by with Kevin Costner. <laughs> That's only yeah. It's only because it has Kevin Costner in it, right? I did, and I bought it because it was like on sale for Blu-ray, and I was like, mm. maybe this isn't as bad as I thought it was. No, it was. <laughs> there, uh, there, there must not be a worse genre in existence than movies called The Postman. <laughs> <laughs> Il Postino from Italy. I'm looking at you. I gave El Postino two stars. You did. On average, movies called The Postman are given one and a half stars by you. I can't believe I gave that. Why did I give it two stars? Because I honestly, in my mind, I think I'd rather watch the Kevin Costner film again. And that's like three hours long. Oh, I thought you were about to go the other direction. I thought you were about to go, why did I give that two stars? That was a little harsh. But no, you were about to go. You're about to reduce its rating. I must have I must have enjoyed something about it. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, there was a couple scenes in there that were well done. Like the like, Italian countryside is beautiful. It is the food, like the foosball scene was good. The yep. scene where she's talking, telling her aunt about about the um, about the poetry, where she think the aunt thinks she that she, they had sex. That was enjoyable. There was some enjoyable stuff in there. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. Okay. I, I bet you didn't think you were going to be talking about Il Postino again today. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, The Wrong Missy, worst film of 2020 for me by a like, not like not even close, a landslide. And the King of Staten Island for me, a little bit closer. There were some other contenders, but yeah, oh. it, I, I just like it. Oh, we were actually who were could tell me a couple movies that you had in contention because I, I I forgot that we were loud nominees. I actually should have named the other ones I had up. Yeah. I, I intentionally omitted nominees just because I, I felt this was I, I felt confident in it okay. and I didn't have I didn't have a list of full five but uh, the devil all the time also mm. was was quite a big disappointment for me this year but I, I still enjoyed the performances of Pattinson and Holland also uh, sorry Jordan Love and Monsters uh, just just by default just wow because oh, I, right. just because just because I watched so few movies this year yeah. and again that's why I kind of didn't want to list nominees I'm like well I didn't hate either of those movies yep. so why list them Fair but just, just by default they're at the bottom uh the two other nominees i had for worst film of the year were king of staten island and mulan mm-hmm. oh i didn't see mulan yeah, yeah. don't don't do it because <laughs> i know how much you like the animated one i do don't do it the original animated is a five-star disney uh disney movie for me yeah all right next up is a category i'm very excited to discuss this was the toughest one yes i I think this was probably the toughest category for me this This was the toughest category for me and i have one very surprising nominee in here and so while according to the things that i the format i like to reveal it in i'm actually going to reveal this last if that's okay sam yeah that's fine all right so we have best dramatic scene so my nominees for best dramatic scene are the final vote results from Boy State. Mm. I, the, I I will just say there are some that didn't make it into a category, so yeah. that's that's worth worth saying as well. But yeah, go yeah. on, go on. Uh, the questionnaire scene from Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Mm-hmm. The opening scene from Pieces of a Woman. Yeah. Everett and Faye talk to Bill, the vast mm-hmm. of night. Okay. And my surprise nominee, and I took everything i could to keep this in because it is still shocking to me 
how much this scene affected me from this movie that was okay at best. And that's Mike and Marcus in the kitchen, Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, I I knew that was going to be it, and I'm happy you left that in. It was really hard for me to cut other great dramatic scenes to keep that in, but I really needed to highlight that moment from that movie because it really affected me. Mm. Yeah, you've mentioned that scene to me multiple times. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, it actually makes me want to watch some Bad Boys movies. Not not enough, but... <laughs> no, <laughs> but, I've, uh, I've told you, bit. watch the first one. The first yeah. one's worth watching. Uh-huh. And then... <laughs> And then we can go from there. Yeah, I almost did watch it, but I uh, fell down the priority list for 95. Okay. Anyway, my noms, uh, I feel I feel quite happy about. Best I'm, dramatic scene. I'm super excited to hear yours. We have a little bit of overlap, so uh, we'll be good. Um, so one, I actually just discovered today, and I think it's uh, it's an excellent scene. An- Anthony meeting his new caretaker in The Father. Nice. Uh, spectacular acting by Anthony Hopkins. Um, pieces of a Woman, the birth scene. Uh, no, no real surprise there. That was going to be in there. Uh, from Soul, Joe's Epiphany at the end of the movie. Nice. Nice. Um, from The Sound of Metal, Ruben telling Joe that he got the surgery. Oh, well done. Their little conversation at the table, heartbreaking, devastating. Uh, and uh, Billy's phone call from The Vast of Night. Nice. Oh, yeah. I, love that you, <laughs> I love that you picked that one, too. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy we have some overlap in there. And uh, I'm curious to see what your best dramatic scene is. My best dramatic scene is the one that hit, that hit, hit hard. That's the final vote results from Boy State. Nice. I, I love the pick. Vote results, boy state, and that and that that is one that had me on the edge of my seat while I was watching it. Great I, pick. I really want to revisit that film. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had that as my number ten, uh, and only the second. <laughs> I had it as the lowest ranked documentary on my list. Yes, <laughs> that way. Uh, but yeah, it was excellent. Um, for me, it's Ruben telling Joe that he got the surgery in Sound of Metal. Just an incredibly well-acted scene, two, uh, two fantastic performances, and it's the emotional climax, and it really affected me. Just quickly writing that down. Sorry, folks. That's okay. We're going to get there. Awesome. Next up is the category which still to this day has Sam and I's <laughs> favorite moment in the history of our yeah. podcast. Yeah, they call it the, uh, we should call it the Bats Memorial, uh, yeah. <laughs> even though Jamie Foxx is still very much alive. The Bats Memorial <laughs> Best Villain Award. Yeah. Um, Sam, by the way, I actually re-listened to our very first Sampas today. Is it hilarious? It's still hilarious. <laughs> it's still hilarious to me. Yeah. Uh, for those that are wondering what we're talking about, in our very first Sampas, the very first annual Sampas, which, Sam, by the way, is episode five Five. Five. Episode five in our best villain category, Sam listed off his five nominees, and I was shocked to hear that he hadn't listed off a particular character who I thought I was sure was going to be his winner, and that was Jamie Foxx as Bats in the movie Baby Driver. So when I listed off my nominees and mentioned the name Bats, Sam lost his mind that he he forgot that. And then as I'm reading my nominees – and Sam reveals his winner. He says that I love to this day, for the first time in Sampa history, somebody that's <laughs> never been nominated wins the award, and a write-in vote for Bats uh, yeah. is the winner. Uh, and if you listen to that episode, if you can find it, uh, I lose my mind for a good 15 seconds of laughter. 
that was that was an omen of things to come of my uh, of my perpetual ill preparedness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, it was a great moment. And every time we get to this category, it just brings back a, a very pleasant memory. Um, last with, year's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, with all that being said, this is always one of my favorite categories. But uh, I didn't actually find a lot this year again it's probably a function of me having only seen 23 films this mm -hmm. year but this one i struggled the most of any other year with this category this one's usually a slam there's usually at least five usually more mm -hmm. that i can uh, that i can do but this year i had some trouble with it uh who won last year for you sam last year i had uh, i believe it's pronounced yonsei uh aka the basement guy from parasite nice uh my winner was uh the dauphin uh played by robert pattinson in a movie called the king yeah, I was going through last year's notes, and I was like, who the fuck is, like, what, what is this movie? Yeah, <laughs> like, a, I don't even remember hearing about it. No, it's a, it's a Netflix, it's a movie definitely worth checking out, Sam. It's a, it's a Netflix film uh, starring uh, your boy, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah that's good. It's a historical epic. It's really <laughs> good. Definitely cool. definitely worth checking out. Well, I mean, if Robert, Robert, Robert Pattinson's in it, and he gets uh, your villain of the year, I'll, uh, that, that's reason enough already. To be fair, actually, uh, well, when we get to nominees, but he could have been in contention this year. He was a cut for me in, uh, he, in best male performance. He was, yeah, he was a cut for me in uh, male performance. I, I don't think I ever seriously considered him for this one, though. Anyway, you go ahead. All right. All right. So, best villain. I have... Oliver Jackson Cohen, playing the character of Adrian Griffin from The Invisible Man. Mm. Frank Langella as Judge Julius Hoffman, Trial of the Chicago 7. Cool. Simon McBurney, playing Lord Protector, Wolfwalkers. Oh, okay. Robert Pattinson, playing Reverend Preston Tiergarten, The Devil All the Time. Nice. And the final nominee, again, I left out of order. I have Ben Feinstein, Boy State. I uh, I did not leave him out of order. He is first alphabetically in mine. <laughs> ben Feinstein in Boys State, uh, nominee number one. Uh, Adrian, played by Oliver Jackson Cohen, The Invisible Man. Uh, Police Chief Pulley, Sam Spruill from Mangrove. I have oh. to imagine Mangrove is eligible, right? Yes, we're we're we are we are counting Mangrove and the Small Axe films as uh, feature length films. They were not eligible for Oscars because. They are being used as an anthology collection, and they are eligible for the Emmys. That's what director Steve McQueen wanted. So, But for our purposes, this is uh, about feature-length films. They are eligible. So, yes, he is completely eligible, and that is a fucking fantastic pick. I'm sad I forgot. Police Chief Pulley, Sam Sproul, Mangrove. I have Roy, J.K. Simmons, uh, Palm Springs, uh, <laughs> as well as uh, Judge Julius Hoffman, played by Frank Langella, Trial of Chicago 7. I love Roy's pick. I didn't really quite consider him a villain. And that's yeah, I, I mean, without trying to spoil Palm Springs a little too soon, he, he gets redeemed a little early in the story. Yeah. He is like an antagonistic force, but he's not really the antagonistic force. So I can see why you omitted him. I decided to leave him in. I love, I love that you let him, especially after last night. I, fucking, yeah. I, fucking love <laughs> I think that. that's there's probably a little bit of recency bias in there just because I did watch it. But you know what? Uh, he was awesome. I'm leaving him in. Awesome. All right, my winner for best villain of 2020 is. Ben Feinstein, Boy State. Hey, I love that pick. <laughs> I didn't I didn't mirror it. And I honestly I'm kind of doubting myself, but 
uh, when I look at my winner, I, I just know that I was the most excited about this film this year. And that's uh, Judge Julius Hoffman, uh, played by Frank Langell in Trial of the Chicago 7. Just a revolting, disgusting human being who fills me with rage to my very... To, to the very tip top of my head down to all all the way to my toes i'm just filled with rage when i see this person mm-hmm. and uh he, he he affected me more than anyone else on screen this year it was a pretty easy pick actually awesome uh next up we have best vocal performance uh where we also allow motion capture but <clears throat> there wasn't any motion capture this year because no blockbusters were released uh my last year's winner was tony hale as forky in toy story 4 I also had a Toy Story 4 character winning, but it was uh, good old Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom. Nice. All right, my nominees, and uh, Sam and I think that we're going to have some pretty serious overlap in here. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, there, I mean, there was only really, as far as I can count, like three movies that I could really draw from. I had a little bit more, but... Okay. I'm wondering if there's maybe one or two characters in other movies that I'm going to wish that I had remembered. But I, I only drew from, like, two or three movies. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my nominees for Best Vocal Performance are Tina Fey as 22 in Soul. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx as Joe in Soul. Rachel House as Terry in Soul. Simon McBurney as Lord Protector, Wolfwalkers. And Eva Whitaker as Mebog McIntyre, Wolfwalkers. Mm, yeah uh, by the way uh you had uh, the lord protector listed in the villain category as well i didn't list him because if you recall in my review of wolf walkers i think i said he was like the one thing that uh, that i didn't really like about the movie mm-hmm. not because of the vocal performance just the characterization so yep. maybe that's on but yeah that's why i omitted him from there uh my nominees for best vocal performance jamie fox joe gardner soul uh tina fey as 22 in soul Honor Neefsey as Robin Goodfellow, Wolfwalkers. Eva Whitaker, Maeve McIntyre, Wolfwalkers. Sean Bean as Bill Goodfellow, Wolfwalkers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just literally took Soul and, and uh, Wolfwalkers. I almost put some Onward in there, but I couldn't think of a shake the head. I couldn't think of a voice performance in uh, Onward that I really enjoyed. I'm sure if I like rewatched it today, I would find a way to put Tom Holland in there, but. He didn't leave enough of a lasting impact on me. No, I didn't really. I didn't really find him all that engaging in that movie. I remember watching it, being excited, but I just found him to be okay. Yeah. So I couldn't do it. Um. Yeah. Okay. My winner, best vocal performance. I think this is where we're gonna have some overlap. Possibly, I have Jamie Fox for Joe as Soul. We got some overlap. I have uh, I have the same. Jamie Foxx as Joe Gardner. Perfect. He's really really good in this movie. It's this is a movie that I actually would really like to revisit really quickly. Actually, uh, as I was writing up all of our nominees and re- taking another gander at the movies I watched this year, Soul is something that I think I I want to watch uh, again fairly soon. It's <laughs> it's such a really great movie. I've seen it uh, three times already, surprisingly. Uh, well, maybe not so surprisingly. Not surprisingly to me, because wh- I, I, I'm sure you remember, but after I finished Soul, I actually thought I'd just watched your Best Picture winner of the year. Yeah, and you almost had. Yeah. Except for that one thing that Except we talked about. Except for the one about. thing that we talked about, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, next up. Again, another new category, so nothing to talk about last year. Best Act, well, I guess technically. No, we we had this one last year. We didn't did, we? yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, this it was 
used to be action scene. So, uh, my, well, now it's best scene because we only we only did one, which was action scene. So I I incorporated action scene into the big award. Oh, so then, so and what's the category called now? It, no, action. We used to only have best action scene. That was the award. I understand. So, okay. Okay. I got you. Gotcha. So, but last year's winner for best action scene, we had overlap. Uh, it was both of us, Cap, Thor, and Iron Man versus Thanos. Oh, and yeah. Avengers, the Avengers Assemble. Yeah, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, my nominees this year for best action scene are from Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn attacks the police station. Mm-hmm. From Extraction, The Extraction. <laughs> from The Invisible Man, The Asylum Escape. Mm. From the old guard, Andy versus Nile in the plane. And from Project Power, the Invisible Man chase scene. Wait, so there's another movie where there's an Invisible Man chase scene. Yeah, and his like his invisibility is the same kind of thing. Like, you you it's not that he's invisible; it's that he is reflecting things around him, kind of thing. Like, right. So if you if you were like to throw paint on him you would see him kind of thing it's mm-hmm. uh it's an incredibly well done action scene in a completely forgettable movie um so this one i actually struggled with again it's funny uh i feel like best villain and best action scene are two of our most consistent categories and this year i kind of struggled it's probably because of the types of movies that i watched this year mm-hmm. but i i really reached and could only find four nominations from two different movies wow so, uh, yeah wow I'm, I'm, um, yeah so i have uh, two, I have two oh, okay you go ahead i was gonna i'm gonna try and guess the two movies okay is i think i think it'll be easy is one of the movies Wolfwalkers? no actually oh oh you know what i was i was gonna add in one from that one decided against i was gonna add the final battle from Wolfwalkers. okay in, but then uh then I, I i don't know go ahead fire away your nominees uh the escape from adrian's the invisible man is, oh, the opening scene. The opening, yeah. Brilliant pick. Oh, my yeah. God, that that scene is so good. Yeah. Uh, the Asylum Escape, The Invisible Man. Okay. Uh, the Freeport Heist, Tenet. Yes. Yes. Uh, the Opera Siege, Tenet. The Opera Siege, really? Yeah. And, and again, it's because of the types of movies. Like, I, I really had trouble finding nominees. Huh. Wow. Hmm. I thought maybe the Temporal Pincer movement... No, I, I didn't like that scene. Oh, interesting. Okay. That was very uh that was that was a messy scene. Okay. Towards the end. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. My winner. Best action scene is the extraction from extraction. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna type extraction dash extraction yep. in mine. Um mine was a pretty easy pick given the lack of quality nominees. The only standout action scene, in my opinion, this year that came out was the Freeport Heist slash the inverted battle. Just exceptional. Exceptional oh, scene from uh, Christopher Nolan. So good. That was my mm-hmm. last cut. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason I cut it was because I wanted to do something different. <laughs> Uh, the next one that we had uh, was another one where we had overlap for the second in a row. Uh, at least last year we did. Uh, yes. For best male performance, we both picked Mr. Adam Driver, Marriage Story. Yes, we did. Yes. Right, we deserve. We did. This, oh man, we're getting into the nitty gritty. Yep. Are you ready? I'm ready. My five nominees for best male performance are Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman, 
Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Delroy Lindo, The Five Bloods, and Sean Parks, Mangrove. Nice. Man, good category. We have a little bit of overlap here. All right. Delroy, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, I've been going alphabetical by movie. I don't know if that's been... Because uh, you appear to be going alphabetical by actor, correct? Correct. The way that okay. the Academy Award does it. Well, looks like I fucked that <laughs> up. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Delroy Lindo, Paul, The Five Bloods. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, Anthony, the father. Mm-hmm. Sean Parks, Frank Critchlow, Mangrove. Nice. Nice. Riz Ahmed. Yep. Ruben, Sound of Metal. And the one that we never know how to pronounce, Paul Racy, Joe, Sound of Metal. It is Paul Racy. It is Paul Racy? It okay, because there was a while there we were going with Paul Rocky. Yes. because we had heard kind of through the grapevine. It is Paul Racy. Okay, cool, yep. cool, cool. My winner, best male performance, is Delroy Lindo, Paul, Defy Bloods. Really? Okay. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised, but I am a little bit. Uh, by the way, uh, did you have Gary Oldman in there? No, I had no white people. No white? How? <laughs> Hashtag Sampa's so white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sweet. Awesome pick. Uh, I chose Riz Ahmed. I am, uh, you, you mentioned I am earlier. I surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned earlier that I liked his performance, and uh, you were uh, you were uh, correct about that. <laughs> he uh, he gave a phenomenal performance that spanned the entire range of human emotion, and uh, he, it was a very dynamic performance. He hit his he hit his quiets, he hit his highs, uh, and he had his loud scenes, he had his reserved scenes, he had everything going on. I loved him. I love I love that pick for you. Uh, th- mm-hmm. I'm I like I, I'm not even close to being shocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, best female performance. My winner last year was Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Yeah, and my winner, which I had forgotten about until this moment, but I love that I did this. I <laughs> love your pick so much. Caitlin Dever, Booksmart, which, again, is an honorary sort of joint award. It really should have been her and Beanie, mm-hmm. but if I had to just pick one, which I did, uh, it was Caitlin Dever. Oh, I just rewatched Booksmart like two weeks ago. And Me too. <laughs> fuck, that movie's so good. All right. My nominees for Best Female Performance are Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. Mm. I decided I needed to get a good comedic performance in here. So I have Kristen Malati for Palm Springs. I have Elizabeth Moss, The Invisible Man. Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. And because it's tradition, Charlize Theron, the old guard. <laughs> I don't know why I'm surprised. <laughs> I really don't know why I'm surprised at this point. <laughs> okay, good, good, uh, good category. Uh, real talk, is it because it's tradition or because it was good? Uh, she was on my short list, and then I realized I didn't have time to listen to last year's so I don't know if I nominated her, but I nominated mm. her. I nom- Charlie's got nominations in 2017 and 2018. Yeah, keep it going. Why not? Fucking rights. She's got to notice you someday. Eventually, right? The law <laughs> of averages say eventually. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, like, I definitely would have been happy to give it to another great dramatic performance. But I also did want to kind of give uh, an action performance 
I, I'm I'm a big fan of the old guard. I think it's a really fun movie, and again, she's just really kicking ass, which is what she got her first nomination for me for for the atomic for Atomic Blonde. So, uh, it's not a complete Homer pick, uh, but there is definitely some really fantastic female performances that I could have put in here. Uh, but part of it was I'm I'm just gonna see if if I can honestly and arguably keep the streak going for Charlize to get a nomination. I will do my best to do so. Charlize, if you're listening, you got to keep go- getting in movies for Manny. You got to keep uh, accepting work. No, no yeah. holidays for you. Charlize, Charlize is the Sampa's Meryl Streep. Yeah, <laughs> of course she gets a nomination this year because she was in something. <laughs> uh, my five nominees: Elizabeth Moss as Cecilia in The Invisible Man. Nice, love it. Letitia Wright as Althea Jones in Mangrove. Oh, I love that pick. Kristen Malati, Sarah in Palm Springs. Yes, yes. <laughs> Man- Manny saw me fist pump, uh, <laughs> fist pump very enthusiastically when he listed that nom. Carrie uh, Mulligan as Cassandra and Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Kirby as Martha Weiss, Pieces of a Woman. Nice. My winner, and I was really happy about this pick because that means my Sampa winners for both Best Male and Female Performances were performances that did not get Oscar nominations. My winner is Elizabeth Moss, The Invisible Man. Ugh, that's a great pick. I wish that we had overlap because I thought you were going to say Kristen Milotti for <gasps> Palm Spring. That's who I went with. I fucking love that you picked two comedy roles in a row. I, you know what? I just wanted to. I wanted to. And you know what? I'm not looking back, and it feels great. Good. I feel great about myself right now. Caitlin Dever got it last year for Booksmart. Why not give it to Kristen Milotti? She is so charming, so fun, ex- exceptionally funny, gut-bustingly so, funny. She is so amazing. Sam, I'm, I'm going to ask an honest question, though. Was she your winner prior to watching Palm Springs last night? No. I thought so. Honestly, no. I thought so. Prior to last night, it probably honestly would have been Elizabeth Moss. It would have it would have actually been Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Kristen Milotti just... Tickles my heartstrings in every single way in that movie. She's delightful. She is, indeed. All right. We're down to the last two awards. So this is best scene. So what we've done here, to recap for those, is the winners from our three previous best scenes, best action, best comedy, and best drama, are automatically nominated into this category. And Sam and I have added in two other nominations. They may have been in the previous categories, or maybe they're wild cards and didn't make an appearance already. Who knows? But that's how we're doing best scene of 2020. So, my nominees for best scene from 2020 are from Extraction. The Extraction. From Boys State. The final vote results. What? I'm missing one. Oh, sorry. There we go. Palms, from Palm Springs, Niles and Sarah having fun montage. And my two wildcard picks are I Am a Revolutionary Speech from Judas and the Black Messiah and the tracking shot through the town, The Vast of Night. Oh, yeah. Great pick. Great, great, great pick. I'm a big fan of that. Um, okay, so my winners from the... Previous categories were in the in the comedy category. You get one sentence monologue, or mm-hmm. I guess that entire scene from Palm Springs. In the dramatic category, I had Ruben tells Joe that he got surgery in The Sound of Metal. Yep. 
for action, I had the Freeport Heist slash Inverted Battle in Tenet. Mm-hmm. My wild cards, Election Night, Boys State. Nice. Uh, I didn't have it in dramatic category like you did. I left it free. Mm-hmm. Um, and a movie that I'm, I'm fairly certain you still haven't seen, uh, Dick Loses His Car Privileges and Dick Johnson is Dead. I haven't watched it yet. It is high on my watch list. I'm just trying to find the right time to watch a movie where I know I'm going to be devastated. Yeah. You're, if Let me put it this way. It hits similar buttons to The Father. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I could have put that one in dramatic as well, but it felt like being a documentary and being a real-life occurrence, it just belonged separate, so I left it separate. Totally fair. Can I, even though it's only five, can I actually, I had one other wild card that I cut from my dramatic, and I want to mention it here because I know it's a movie that you love. Sure. So I just want to mention it here, and this was the hardest cut for me because this was going to be my other wild card. It was the removing of the earpiece sound of metal yeah that's a good call i I maybe should have considered that one uh i I actually didn't but even having heard it i did prefer the one that i listed Mm -hmm. but that is for my money that is one of the best endings of the year one one of the best endings i've seen in a long time honestly in sound of metal the the removing of the earpiece it just ties up the movie so nicely yeah Yeah, that's that's a tough cut it was and i just wanted to mention it because i know how much you enjoy that film thank you Okay, my winner for best scene of 2020 is the election results, Boy State. Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I can't even be mad about it. Between that and Sound of Metal, that's why I couldn't successfully say that the removing of the earpiece was the best ending in a movie. It's because election night is so good in Boy State. It's so, so, so good. And my winner you get one sentence in Palm Springs a. is also such a good ending, such a good ending to the movie. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm happy with both of our picks. Well done. All right. We're down to the last award. Now this is, uh, our favorite film of the year, not best film of the year. I wonder mm-hmm. if we should do best film of the year one year. Could we argue? Could, could I sit down arguably, be able to differentiate between my favorite and best i think i might be able to yeah i mean would you have made it nomadland this year and would you have been happy about it nomadland wasn't the best movie i watched this year mank uh mangrove mangrove yeah that's a good pick mangrove Mangrove probably would have been my pick mangrove promising young woman trial of chicago 7 sound of metal interesting Maybe yeah. maybe we'll, maybe we'll contemplate it for next year. But this to is our... be, to be honest, that excites me less than going over our favorites. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, favorite film of the year. Now, for Sam and I, this isn't a a big, very much dramatic because what we are actually doing <laughs> is we are just relisting our top five from our top ten movies of the year. But we thought we should include them in here because this is a celebration of film, and it'd be weird to end a show without naming your favorite movie of the year. Yeah, and it would be even weirder to not do it last. Yes. <laughs> so for those of you that listen to us regularly and you heard our top 10 episode, which was uh, quite a while ago, uh, this mm. is just kind of a quick rehash of that. We won't be going over or touching on the films at all. But my nominees for favorite film of the year are Mangrove, Palm Springs, Promising Young Woman, Trial of the Chicago 7, and The Vast of Night. 
my top five in alphabetical order were Dick Johnson is Dead, Mangrove, Palm Springs, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Nice. Sam? You know, I, I initially, <laughs> when I was setting the over under at the beginning, I had it at three and a half, and then I was like, oh, you know what? I should bump it up by one because I know this category is going to be overlapped. <laughs> Sam, what is our winner for favorite film of the year? In case you haven't guessed by it being nominated for literally everything <laughs> for me, <laughs> uh, Palm Springs took home the hardware for both of us. It was Mandy and I's favorite movie this year. We both just happened to watch it last night without coordinating. And Manny, uh, do you have any buyer's remorse upon uh, upon rewatching Not Palm Springs? Not a chance. Uh, I can't remember though. Like I I did look at Letterbox because I obviously I relogged the film because I log every time I watch a movie, and I gave Palm Springs a four. And I've now watched it six times. And six times? This was only the second watch for me. I've watched Holy it six. Shit. Yeah, I've watched oh it my six. God. Um, I'm probably, if when I watch it one more time, I think it's going to get bumped to a five. Yeah, I was curious. I was, when we found out just before we, I think just before we got on air, that mm -hmm. we both rewatched it. I went to your letterbox and saw it still sitting on at a four. Mm -hmm. I, I remember you ranked it a four originally, but I was expecting that to be updated by now. What gives? I it's I I I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I can't think of a reason why it shouldn't be a five, but I'm holding on to that four just for a little bit longer. But I I can tell you that it will be upgraded to a five. I, there's no reason for it not to. This is a this is a movie like I've said before, and after I watch this movie for the first time, this is a movie that I that is going to be a part of my life going forward. I, I fucking love this movie. Yeah, you and me both, man. It's uh, we're this is gonna be in our lives for a while. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this year's Sampas. The fourth annual Sampas have come to a close. We clock in a lot shorter time than the Oscars did, so that's nice for everybody, I'm sure. Indeed. Uh, again, this is an absolute joy of an episode to do with you, Sam. I love it. Uh, we didn't have any uh, super shockers or anything like that this year. But all in all, a great award show that was a lot of fun to do. Sam, what's going on next week? So next week, we are starting a new miniseries. Uh, it is going to, with us getting into May, uh, we got to celebrate Star Wars Day. Got to celebrate May the 4th. Last year, we celebrated with uh, the, the original trilogy. So why not do the prequels this year? Next week, episode 155. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I am very excited. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and Manny is also excited, even if he doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, yeah. All right, Episode One. All right, Phantom Menace. Wicked. Okay, cool. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you give us a five-star rating and a positive review, it does increase the profile of our podcast, allows more people to find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. You can email us at sammanymoviepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast. So for the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast, I'm Manny Manuel. Emphatic period. I'm Sam Reimer. Adios.